sometimes I don't even know how I do it. There's days you just put your head down and you do it. You know, one's got a party at school. Our St. Bernard has a vet appointment. I have a Zoom call at eight in the morning that I'm doing in the car on the way to work. You kind of just do it. And sometimes I'm like, that was a day. Hey there, success buddy. Welcome to the Leaving Nowhere podcast with me, Candice Willie. I created this podcast for you. I've spent my entire life learning lessons the hard way. Through those experiences, I realized that all roads really do lead to success. Sometimes we just need better directions on how to get there. Join my guests and I in learning how Leaving Nowhere can help you get to exactly where you want to be. We'll share stories of success and the various methods we've used to help us get there. Let leaving nowhere be a compass in helping you achieve your greatest desires. So your journey to success starts here. Welcome back to another episode of the Leaving Nowhere podcast. I'm Candice Willie, and in today's episode, Buried a Bottle, we have Nicole Arnold, winemaker at the Ancient Lakes Wine Company in Quincy, Washington. So excited to introduce Nicole. Nicole brings two of my favorite things with her, a fantastic success story and a love for well-made wine. I can't wait for her to share some of her story around advancing through the wine industry along with raising two beautiful young girls with her husband, Chad. Nicole's story actually began in Kenwick, Washington, where she was surrounded by beautiful wine country. She graduated from Washington State University with a degree in microbiology. Hopefully I said that correctly. (laughs) (laughs) After graduation, Nicole began working as a laboratory technician at Goose Ridge Estate Vineyards and Winery. It was there that she discovered her passion for winemaking. Nicole, thank you for joining us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. So Nicole, there there are so many great details about your story. I didn't want to share all of them up front. I think it's great to hear some of the specifics from our guests. So would you mind expanding on how you transitioned from a lab tech to the head winemaker at the third largest winemaking facility in the state? Well, initially, I didn't plan on going into wine at all. I didn't even know that I liked wine. It was kind of funny in college. We'd have girls nights watching Grey's Anatomy and I was the one in the corner, like trying to suck down the bottle of wine. Cause there was this <laughs> enigma around it. I felt like <laughs> it needs to be this expensive bottle. Like it needs all these things. And I didn't appreciate it for what it was. So when I had the job opportunity at Goose Ridge, I wasn't even sure that that's exactly what I wanted, but I did graduate right after the great recession. So it was kind of like, take what you can at this point. So I got in the lab there for a harvest, just a seasonal harvest to start with, which is, you know, like August to December. And it's a lot of physical labor plus science. And I was like, cool, I'll use my degree. We'll try to, we'll see if I like this. I don't know. I never really wanted to be in a lab, but it was just so interesting to see. It wasn't just everyday science. You do this, you get this. Nothing is like linear, right? You might add a little bit of sugar and be like, oh, it needs more. But then you add more and you're like, that's, you know, that's too much. I lost it. I need to find it. So it was working with the winemaker there and really getting to experience like tasting and kind of the culture around it. That's not this pretentious, you know, finding out that it's not like what I thought. It's not stomping grapes in the vineyard and everything goes to bottle and then 
you know, it's this hundred dollar bottle of wine. And I kind of just fell in love with the vibe of the industry and people's attitudes and we're making wine. Like it's fun. So I around, which got me to a job offer at Columbia Crest, which is the largest winery in Washington as a quality control technician. And I was wanted to just learn the industry at that point. I was just hungry for knowledge. So I went over there, I worked quality control, learned all about the bottling line, the logistics side for a couple years. And then ultimately I was asked to come back to Goose Ridge by my now boss still, Brandon Rice. I went back there as the enologist, which is kind of the bridge between winemaking team and the lab. You're kind of running numbers and just making sure everything's good. So the winemakers don't really have to worry about if things are being run correctly in the lab. And then from there, Brandon was like, hey, I have this job offer in Quincy. Is that something you would consider doing? Kind of like, wait, where? (laughs) There's no, there's no there. He's like, yeah, we're going to build it. (laughs) I was like, okay. All right. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Because I mean, honestly, the biggest risks are the biggest rewards, right? And I, I'm so thankful every day that I just took the leap. It was the same year I was getting married. We just got a puppy. There were all these things going on, but I was like, sure, let's just do it. I'm young. (laughs) I came up here. I took the analogy assistant winemaking job. There was nothing. It was a dirt field, literally a dirt field. I rolled up my first day to work, no tanks, no building, nothing. There was like a little Pacific mobile trailer with about a hundred boxes in there that apparently was lab equipment that I was just supposed to set up. (laughs) And, you know, from there we did 1400 tons that first year in 2014. And now we're up to like 30,000 ton capacity. So in six years, we've just pretty much built a young team and hit the ground running. It's been crazy. It's been a whirlwind to be a hundred percent honest. <laughs> yeah, it's such a cool story. And you said so many things that I want to expand yeah. on because first of all, I think I was also the girl in the corner drinking the wine, <laughs> trying to maximize the experience. Yeah. And just to think of all the specifics that go into it. I mean, you don't think about that. You don't think about somebody literally in a lab adding sugar, deciding Mm -hmm. if it's too sweet, or if you're looking for a drier taste, or, you know, you don't think about all those unique and honestly creative things that go into winemaking. So I'm glad that it is fun because I would imagine that um, the (laughs) the creative side of it and, you know, keeps it entertaining and keeps people connected because there's such a variety tied to it. Nicole, you mentioned culture. Can you say a bit more about winemaking culture? Well, winemaking culture, there's really a couple different camps, the hard part, because we're what we call a production facility. So we're making large volumes of wine. Now I'm talking, we have a 250,000 gallon tank. So we're making like large volume with the best quality we can, but at large volumes. So we are kind of a different culture than those boutique wineries that you would find like in your Walla Wallas or your, you know, your Napa Valleys. The boutique wineries, they're smaller. They're lower case count driven. I've never even worked in one of those. So I don't want to like speak to that culture. I know they really like their $100, $150 bottle of wine. That's their cup of tea. They do that, right? So we're more of a production facility. And what my favorite thing is our culture is constantly changing. The vintages change. So you might be able to do something different this year that worked last year, but you're like, hmm, I just want to see if this can do it. The culture working wise too is very laid back for the most part. 
I kind of think it's our facility. Like I think you can speak to the culture at our facility and I think it's different. And I don't know if it's because we're a young group and we're just kind of driven and we're ready to just put in the hours we have to to work. It makes it really enjoyable to go to work every day when you have a culture that allows for a fun atmosphere. It needs to be fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Makes people want to work harder together. Obviously, you're a leader amongst that team. You know, it's it's unique because you don't necessarily have manager in your title, but you are a manager. Can you share a little bit about how you think you contribute to that culture? I like to think I contribute to the culture mostly by leading by example. I lead by example, work hard, get my stuff done, and then get out and go enjoy family time at home. And I kind of let the team do that too. I'm not Uh, watch the clock person. I'm not going to make you stay at work for three more hours just to watch the clock just because if you get your stuff done, you go. That in itself gives everyone like a flexibility that not every job gives you. And I think it allows people to take a breath and like really focus and work on the time they're actually at the facility and then be able to decompartmentalize it when they go home. And it's, you know, even though it's it can be a stressful thing during harvest, you're still able to balance those things because you're not just constantly 12 hours every day, seven days a week. So I hope I just lead by example and it seems to be working. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot to be said and there's a lot out there if it's reading material or articles about really maintaining that thriving, healthy balance so that you are more productive at work. And it sounds like because you're so seasonal, there are times where you need them to push the envelope, but Mm -hmm. they want to because other times you're allowing them to balance that. So yeah, I so much appreciate that. Before we dive deeper into our topic today, I would remind you to visit our brand partner, Green Tea Hawaii's webpage and check out their new flavors. If you haven't tried this amazing product, you can save $15 off your first 60 count box by using the promotional code KL15. Go to greenteahawaii.com or call 866-960-1548. Look better, feel better, be better, Green Tea Hawaii. spin this topic a little bit because you have a lot of responsibility. You're the leader and you're also a mom to two young girls. How do you balance that? I mean, honestly, help. Like I couldn't give my husband enough praise. I mean, during harvest, I'm working 70 to 90 hours a week for three months and I couldn't do it, you know, without him, but it's, it's the village, right? So my husband understands I have to be at work sometimes till nine o'clock at night to get, you know, to help my team or to get to finish this project. And I couldn't do it without help. A little bit of a flexibility and my husband, my team at home. <laughs> a great, a great support system. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I think anymore with children, I mean, I even just think about our life and I'm an empty nester, even if it's just managing the dogs. It's so crazy too, because sometimes I don't even know how I do it. There's days you just put your head down and you do it. You know, one's got a party at school. Our St. Bernard has a vet appointment. I have a Zoom call at eight in the morning that I'm doing in the car on the way to work. It just... And you're like, dog, don't bark. Kiss. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you just, you kind of just do it. And sometimes I'm like, that was a day. But I'm thankful, especially in, you know, COVID era that I just have, I'm lucky to have this position because it could be a lot worse. (laughs) Yeah, I such a great 
you know, for morale as a whole, for you, but, uh, and again, I think about you as a leader, the fact that you're managing through what's going on in, in such a positive manner is helps everybody around you too. So you're mm-hmm. right. I, I'm grateful too. There's, there's so much to be grateful for in such a crazy year. And yes, as a single mom or just a mom working period, doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're single or not, it's hard. It's hard to balance. And there are days it's like, where did that week or that day go? I don't even know how I got it done. So I would love just to hear a little bit more about, you know, specifically Washington wine. I, I'm going to take us back there because I'm very intrigued by some of the stuff that you've shared. Yeah. Say a little bit more about why is Washington known for its wine industry? What's special so, about Washington? The cool thing we have going on here is I feel like a lot of people who aren't familiar with Washington, they just think of Seattle, right? So you think of like forest and you think of big city. But you have that cool thing with like the north to south running mountain range. They call it the rain shadow effect. It will, the mountains will block the clouds and then allow the rest of the, the rest of the state to become more like desert. So we can get hundred degree days, but we can also get 50, 60 degree nights. It's nice because the hundred degree growing days, but it also allows them to keep their acids because they minimize respiration at night when it's only 50, 60 degrees. So in California, it's, I mean, they make great wine too. Don't get me wrong, but they have hot nights too. So it's harder for them to keep acids in wines. Whereas we can naturally keep that in there without having to add it back. So you can get like a crisp representation of the wine varietal itself without having to do much additives back to it. That's what's going on here that I think people don't necessarily understand, like how we grow, how we have all this beautiful, like grape growing country. You know, we also had the, that great Montana flood. A long, I don't even know when, a long time ago, essentially washed everything out. And now we have a lot of silt and caliche. It, it made the soil pretty much like perfect and fertile. The floods came through. They made pretty much ripe, fertile soil for grape growing here. We can just grow most varietals and, you know, we get them all ripe and they're, they're amazing. I feel like we're really underrated. Everyone just assumes California, California, California. I don't feel like enough really give like Washington wines a chance because I feel like quality to value, we can pretty much kick, in my opinion, California's butt. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are the master winemaker. I'm going to trust you on that. <laughs> you just send it my way. I'll drink yeah. it uh, and validate okay. it for you. Send I'm you like, the yes, samples. it's the best. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And well, and I, I was recently introduced to um, ice wine. Oh, My yes. My son gave me ice wine and, and now I'm like, okay, do they have ice wine? <laughs> I like it. You need, I like a sweet yeah. wine. I like a dessert wine. I have made it one time. Yeah. 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 I've made ice wine one time. It's harder because you have to get like a freeze. You have to get the right conditions, but yeah, it can be tasty. Oh my it's gosh. Good. Truly. It's like a candy drink. It's wonderful. What's on the horizon for you and and for the company? So recently, we just released our line of labels. We're kind of getting a portfolio. We've never done our own labels before. Like I mentioned earlier, we are a bulk wine processing facility. So typically, it's kind of the worst kept secret in the industry. Typically, we make large quantities of wine and people buy it and put their name, like bottle it under their name most of the time. So we've never had our own label at Ancient Lake, but... We just started our Alki label and we're trying to get out there and show people that Washington state can make great quality wine and just educate them on what we can do and why it should be an option to drink. Like you shouldn't always just go for California. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be always just California. I feel like that's all you ever hear. Maybe, 
maybe you don't, maybe it's just because I'm in the industry all the time, but <laughs> so that's what we're pushing now. We have um, more labels on the horizon, but Alki is our biggest one. We, like I said, we really just want to, as you can see, it has the state on it. We really just want to get that out there and let people see, you know, what we can do. The name itself means hope for the future. It's Washington State's motto. So we're really just trying to use all of our labels as a theme. We have like our state bug on one of them, which is the blue darner. It's a dragonfly or the green darner, you know? So yeah, we're just trying to show people more about Washington. Try to get people up here. It's beautiful when it's not snowing. So um, I, I'm going to bounce back a little bit to your career pathing because I think, again, you have such an interesting story. Any advice that you would give our listeners around career pathing? Because you started your whole uh, message around your story today, even around this isn't what I thought I would be doing. Mm-hmm. So what, what advice do you have? I would say don't be scared to take the chance on something, even if you think you know what you want. Because in my head, I was going to dental school. That is what I was doing. Like no one was stopping me. But, you know, at some point it was like, okay, I got to make some money. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go in this wine thing, but I kind of took the leap and like, look where I am, you know, now. So don't put yourself in a rut where you, you know, you graduate, especially right now. You graduate, I'm not saying take a job and that has to be your career path, but don't be scared to take something that maybe you didn't think was going to be your career path it can work. And, you know, ultimately, if you don't like it, go find something that makes you happy. Right. (laughs) That would be my biggest thing, because if I wouldn't have done that, I would not be where I'm at today. I don't know. Maybe I'd be a dentist. Maybe I wouldn't be. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, true. True. And if if you don't mind me expanding, because I think just your story and Chad's story and, you know, when you're in school and you think you're moving in one direction and, Mm -hmm. and life changes, right. And shifts you Mm -hmm. in another. And, I often define, and I talk a lot about, I mean, obviously everything about my show and everything I do is about success, but it's success tied to happiness because I, that to me, that's the definition of success is really being happy. So is there anything you would like to share around where you guys are versus where you thought you would be today? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't want this to come off wrong, but I think, you know, where I thought I would be to be honest with you, Chad was playing baseball. So I was kind of in my head thinking like that was going to be where it was going to go. We're going to be making all this money and graduating college with students. It was like kind of money, money, money. That's kind of initially all I was thinking, not in a pretentious way, but in like, I got to pay these bills back. Like, and then I took this job, which did not pay very well initially when I got into the industry. But once I found that I loved this job and I wasn't worried about working later. I wasn't watching the clock. The money kind of came. Do you know what I mean? Like in time, you pay your dues and you get there. But I think ultimately it was enjoying what I did, even though in the beginning, maybe I didn't make what I, in my new college student thought I should be making. Let's be real here. But it kind of just comes with it. It's like when you're doing what you love to do and you're happy to do it, eventually like it shows both in your work. So you should like, hopefully you can move up the ladder. So like your supervisor, see it, everyone sees, I mean, I've gotten job offers at other companies around here. And I think it's just because I just really enjoy it. I love to do it. People see that you feel it. And I think it's crazy because I was so focused on money. And now I, I mean, yeah, like we do fine, but now it's just like, I just want to be happy, like live in this, you know, I want kids to be happy. 
want my husband and I to be happy. It's like, that's what's ultimately important. That's probably just comes with age. I think it comes with age. And I also think it just comes with, because there's this, this overriding, you know, thought that the money creates the happiness when right. it, it, it definitely makes things easier. You just have different problems. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think there's just, it speaks volumes that fulfillment piece because it does when you stop worrying about that and you focus on just doing something you're passionate about. And, and I get, I know that the whole saying, you know, if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. That's mm-hmm. not true. You'll work a lot. You'll work. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you will enjoy what you do and then the rest comes. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, some of the stuff that you talked about is not as important, right? You right. Or the bad, it. yeah. the bad days don't seem as bad. Cause yeah, like we, there's days where I'm like, what am I doing <laughs> right now? Right. Yeah. Or, but ultimately those, uh, way, you know, the good days that way outnumber the bad days and you just don't even notice, I guess I'm kind of backtracking, but I would also like to say definitely like, I mean, I don't want to say it's, who you know, not what you know, but definitely be willing to take help. My dad's the one that ultimately found this job for me at Goose Ridge. Sometimes people are scared to ask for help. And ultimately I wouldn't be where I'm at without a lot of help, like everywhere. (laughs) And that's, you know what, that's such an incredible point and so value added because you're right connection and relationships. You know, I often talk about people that are like, how to tell me what's the secret sauce. Well, first of all, there is no perfect secret sauce, but your reputation, (laughs) your reputation, results and, and truly I cannot express enough those relationships and, Mm -hmm. and, and because you have that relationship, you're willing to start to to trust that somebody can help you and help you in a meaningful way. So even Mm -hmm. if it's your dad, right, you're like, I don't need help from my dad. I just graduated from college. I got this, but we, we all need help from someone. And I mean, I even think about all my mentors, if it was recruiting me to another company, that was a better opportunity or people Mm -hmm. that have just giving me great guidance. It, it is so important to keep those networks and, and the willingness and openness to, to mm-hmm. help alive. So that is fantastic. Well, Nicole, it has been a incredible pleasure to get to speak with you. I so much appreciate you sharing your perspective on growing in an industry. And I know we didn't talk much about this, but I know there are not a lot of women or females in the, I mean, am I correct mm-hmm. in saying that? Or oh, many? you're very correct. There is um, an unspoken glass ceiling that I'm currently in shatter as we speak. <laughs> so, and I haven't, I, this isn't even by um, choice necessarily, but I have a mostly female crew and they just absolutely kick butts. Like, <laughs> yeah. can't do it, but they are amazing. I would not, I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at without them. So Yep. Well, you know, congratulations on that success because it isn't easy. And even more so when you think about the fact that there's a lot of people that have educated and grown up in the industry aspiring to do what you're doing and passion for what you're doing and great results got you there. So congratulations Mm -hmm. on that. Well, thank you. Yeah. And thank you again for being on today's show. And I'm going to go buy some wine. (laughs) Yes. Check out the website, Alki Wines, but um, I will send you some wine so you can you can taste it. Yep. I can't wait. I'll have to plan a special dinner to make sure I get the full experience. So thank you again, Nicole. Until next time, success buddies, pick up some ancient lake wines and tune into our next episode on Apple or the podcast platform of your choice. 
Thank you for joining today's episode of Leaving Nowhere. Here's to you and you accelerating your life and career.